Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Somewhat unusual this morning in that we're all in the same room. We haven't done this before uh, because we have little gremlins in the uh, in the computer, and hopefully, young Kevin will sort that out for us a little bit later on. It is Wednesday. It is September twenty eighth, and the papers this morning are talking about uh, Michael Jackson, the trial. Very apropos because, of course, last weekend we had Jermaine Jackson on in conversation. Sorry, uh, weekend before last, and you should download it because he talks about propofil. And he talks about uh, the trial and he talks about what they're hoping for the trial. And when you pick up the papers this morning, you will see Michael Jackson uh, on a hospital gurney. Uh, Why they take pictures of people on a hospital gurney, I've got no idea. I've never heard of that before. But uh, because the picture quality is so bad, you're assuming somebody took it on a mobile phone. And there he was, not even covered up. Not even covered up at all. Absolutely dreadful. And so that trial will run. It's going to be a show trial in America. They're talking here, and in fact, Jermaine spoke to me about the fact that he just wasn't fit enough. They put Kenny Ortega, I think, on the stand yesterday, and he was saying he was a, he's a, um, a choreographer, and he'd said that Michael wasn't really fit enough. He said he was tired. He said he would come into rehearsals, and he looked exhausted, and we got exactly the same from Jermaine Jackson. He said the same. He said they weren't even sure that Michael could have completed half these concerts because he was shattered. He was absolutely... He was taking so many different drugs. Drugs for this, drugs for that. And if you look at propofil, Christo seemed to know about it. He was saying it's like an anaesthetic. It's a drug that they give to people in hospital for operations and stuff like that. I've never heard of it being prescribed for anything else. But no doubt that will emerge later on today. Uh, so we'd love your thoughts on that. 84850 steve at If you think it's, it's inappropriate to put a picture of Michael Jackson dead on the front page of a paper, I mean, I just think it's a terrible picture to put there. They shouldn't have done it. I really, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel quite badly about the whole thing because that's private, isn't it? That's a picture for him and the family. And Jermaine said he did go and see him after he died, and he looked very peaceful. But um, Kenny was saying they hadn't even managed to close his eyes. He, he died so quickly, his eyes was, uh, were open. And yet, if you look at the picture here, his eyes are closed, and he's got some tape over his nose, but his mouth's open. It's a, it's a terrible picture. Then there's a story, which is equally bad, as far as I'm concerned, of a teacher. She's working in a special needs school, and um, she's a bit peculiar. Her name's Rosalind Holloway. She apparently pulled tufts of a boy's hair out in class and wrapped them around a keyring voodoo doll. Have you ever heard of this before? This peculiar woman told the terrified child during a humiliating... Sorry, during a humanities lesson that his leg would hurt if she dropped the doll and she claimed that if she put it into water, he'd one day drown. This is a special needs boy. So the boy, described as vulnerable, was left with a red mark on his scalp, one of a string of incidents, and uh, they, they've had to ban her for four years. She's quite clearly mad as a, as a plant, I'm afraid. I've never heard anything so stupid in my entire life. She, uh, she called pupils' names like Ginger, Pepsi Max and Black Boy. She told another lad she'd never kiss him because he was a big hairy frog. How on earth did this woman ever get through the vetting system for, uh, for, for sort of teachers? But she's been banned for... I'll put her in prison, actually. I think there's something the matter there. That's like mental cruelty. You don't do stuff like that. And um, in, the, in the race to try and get naked pictures of yourself on your phone, because apparently it's the latest thing, I'm beginning to wonder how many people around this building have got naked pictures on their phone. There's a few people I wouldn't mind seeing naked. But uh, now, because Scarlett Johansson's um, phone was hacked into and they say she's actually got... Uh, nude pictures on her phone. I've checked my phone. I have no nude pictures whatsoever. There is a picture of my thumb because I had it in front of the uh, the camera lens, but, but that's about as far as it goes, I'm afraid. And so they've now got, all the way across the web, different people taking pictures of their bottoms. 
So they've done it in mirrors, and they've done here, and then a couple of people have done Lego bottoms or Donald Duck's bottom or something like that. I wish people had stopped putting naughty stuff on the internet. It's, it's very, 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 very worrying, I'm afraid. Not the kind of thing that, uh, that we want to see. Uh, the Daily Star and the Express this morning are running with this, uh, this NHS lottery. It's a private venture set up by Richard Desmond. Uh, I'm quite sure, as one of these cynics said, that he didn't wake up one morning and think, oh, it'd be lovely to raise some money for good causes. I suspect he woke up one morning and thought, how can we make more money? Let's run a lottery. And so let's rope in Eamon Holmes, yawn. Let's find some really famous people like Kate Lawler, Gail Porter and Melinda Messenger, get them to wear funny wigs, and then we can say that it's a £50 million lotto tonic for Britain. Well... It is if you buy tickets. If you don't buy tickets, and incidentally, he's only giving 20 pence out of each pound to the NHS. So the rest of it will be swallowed up in fees and, you know, they put terminals in all over the place. Tickets are a pound each. And, uh, and, the, and the most you can win is £100,000 if you match five numbers. Well, the odds of that are pretty remote. And they call it, for some strange reason, Eamon Holmes thinks it's life-changing. Probably is when you're earning as much money as you're earning, Aim. but uh, I have to be honest, it doesn't convince me. I just see that one. We've had other lotteries before, and I don't think they've been particularly successful. And I don't think this one will be partic- particularly successful. You know, as far as I'm concerned, we shouldn't have to have a lottery to fund the NHS. Uh, Rob says, <laughs> try switching everything off and then on again. That's the old thing with the phone, isn't it? The phone doesn't work. Turn it off. Turn it on. Computer doesn't work. Turn it off. We can't do that in this building. It's a little bit difficult. Uh, and Rob says, you're sounding very spooky this morning. Yes. Stephen Arlington says, so much for the sound checks, then. Um, yes, we don't do sound checks. You don't need to, actually. It works fine all the time. But the good news is, the good news is, I got my Christmas pudding yesterday. I went to Waitrose in Twickenham. And I'm on the train. I said to Graham... I said, so looking forward to it, because they're going to have them in. They're going to have them in because they've actually got them in. We know that because they told us that the other day. I said to the woman, where are they? They're in the warehouse. We haven't unpacked them yet. OK, so I go in there yesterday. No Christmas puddings. Not a Christmas pudding in sight. Nothing. And um, so I found um, a man who appeared to be the manager. And uh, I said, Christmas puddings. Uh, yes, he said, we haven't, uh, we, haven't, uh, we haven't got them in yet. That's where the woman yesterday said, you've got them in. I said, she said to us, they're out there, we haven't unpacked them. He said, well, we, we haven't. I said, but, so, so when are they coming out? He said, well, they, they made a mistake on the press release. He said, we're not putting them out till the 31st of October. I said, oh, right. I said, but the press release said they were going out the 26th. And he said, yes, it, it was a mistake. I said, but some shops are selling them. He said, yes. He said, the official line is that if you've got them in, you can put them out if you want to. He said, but we haven't got them in, so we're not putting them out. So I said, OK. So I get on the bus and I go to Richmond. And they've got them. They've got the Heston Blumenthal Christmas pudding. So I bought two big ones and two little ones. And so this woman says to me, who works there, she says, oh, stocking up for Christmas early? I said, no, not really. I said, but I've been trying to get hold of them. She said, um, um, she said, oh, do you live locally? I said, no, I live in Twickenham. She said, I gather Twickenham sold out. I said, no, they've never had them on sale. She said, I had a woman in here yesterday. She said, and she went to Twickenham and then came in here to buy it. She said, because Twickenham have sold out. And I said, they've never had them on sale. I said, I've just been in there. I said, I was in there yesterday. And they said they were going to put them out on sale, but they haven't got them. So she said, oh, right. 
So um, she said last year, she said, uh, we, we didn't have enough of them. I said, I know. And of course, doesn't it sound like a stupid line? I said, I spoke to Heston about it. It must have, must have sounded the most chronically stupid line you've ever heard from anybody. You know, it's like I was speaking to God the other day, you know. And uh, so I said, well, I, I spoke to Heston and he said that this year there were going to be more of them. And so it would be fine. And she went, oh, right. She said, well, anyway, enjoy them. I said, well, they're, they're not for me. I said, I'm buying them for somebody else. So I get to the till. So the woman there goes, oh, celebrating Christmas early. I thought, I'm going to brain somebody with one of these puddings in a minute. So I brought it in because it's for Anne-Marie Minhall, who did the papers on Sunday. So I put it in the classic FM off- office on the desk. Weighs a tonne. It really does weigh a tonne. But it's obviously got loads of booze because the sell-by date is April 12, 2012. So April of next year, which is lovely. And uh, uh, here he goes, Junior. He says, you've started a riot in Ward 63. I listened to your show yesterday and I played the podcast to three of my fellow patients and we all agreed that Heston Blumenthal's Christmas pudding was a must. The six guys in my ward, including me, asked our visitors to procure a Heston Blumenthal Christmas pudding to be microwaved by the nurses and share them out with ice cream. Only to find out that the Christmas pudding is not on sale in Scotland. I went online and a pudding was an offer for 300 For goodness sake, why are they not on sale in Scotland? Ridiculous. I don't know why that would be. Why are they not on sale in Scotland? They are difficult to get hold of, but I thought, if I buy them now, there's going to be loads of them, because they've got, she said, we have 75,000. And I kept thinking, well, you know, if, if the television advertising starts very quickly, and I myself am a, a, a little advert for the, uh, for the whole thing, I'm beginning to wonder whether or not 75,000 might not be enough. She was explaining to me, she said, the reason we ran out last year... Uh, is, is because uh, they underestimated how many they would sell, and because of the process in making the things, they didn't have enough time. And I said, yes, Heston told me, told me that. <laughs> Wish I'd never mentioned anything about Blooming Heston, because it just sounds so ridiculous. But we liked him. We thought he was fab. And uh, sad news about, um, about Mr Croft, who died, who wrote Heidi High and It Ain't Half Hot Mum and all the rest of it. And I remember doing him for an in-conversation, but whether he's in our archives still, I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps somebody will find out a little bit later on. So we take your texts and emails this morning, 84850, steve at Will you be buying a ticket for the new NHS lottery? It's a private lottery from uh, Richard Desmond. And, uh, and, and the other thing is, do you think it's in bad taste putting a picture of Michael Jackson on the front page of the Sun newspaper? Do let me know. 84850, steve at and we'll read them all out here on LBC 97.3, where the time is now 530 Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's LBC 97.3. We're coming to you live from Leicester Square. It's going to be hot today. I thought it was quite hot yesterday. I thought it was quite hot. I wasn't, I wasn't over keen on it. I took my friend Lynn and, uh, and Joe up to Gatwick Airport. I like dropping people at Gatwick because it's in the middle of the countryside. Whereas Heathrow is like all on top of you. I do love taking people out to Gatwick. So I ran them down there. Then I came back and, uh, and then I watched uh, Les Miserables which I thought was quite good. This is the live from the Royal Albert Hall, which was very good indeed. Uh, Rogan in Broadstairs. Love Broadstairs. I've never been. I love the sound of it. Says Heston Blumenthal's Christmas puddings were in stock at Waitrose in Ramsgate. It had nine large ones and two of the small Clementine ones. If you need one, I could send one up if you're still having problems. Nope, I have mine now. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, another one here. I did get my Christmas pudding in Waitrose in Westfield, says Teresa in Romford. I did think of you as I placed it in my basket. (laughs) See, we're all doing it, aren't we? And uh, the other morning, says Eleanor, uh, I woke to you talking about Bourneville chocolate. But whatever happened to the malt drink Born Vita? My mum said they stopped making it years ago. I thought about Born Vita the other day. I don't know if anybody ever had it. It was a milky drink. You'd have it late at night. It was a bit like cocoa. 
Only it had it had glistening bits in it, which I suppose was the was the maltiness. And I used to love Bournevita. I used to love it. I'm disappointed if it has been discontinued. Do let me know. Uh, Noreen's uh, back. Home OK. The airport assistance for Brian didn't happen at Palmer coming home. She said, I had to push Brian in the wheelchair, two carry-on bags and the wheelchair. She said, miles. Actually, I think Palmer Airport, it seems like miles, doesn't it? It's quite a long way to the terminal. So at least we're home to nice weather. It's a heat wave this week. I did say yesterday, strangely enough, to uh, Lynn and Joe as they were going up to the airport, I said, isn't it funny, you're leaving to go abroad, I said, when we get a heat wave here. Would have been easier to go a few weeks back. Uh, David Croft passing away. Great, uh, great writing. I'll I'll have to see if it's in the LBC archives, because it was uh, a very, very good one. That's from Tom in the Wickford. Thank you very much indeed. Nick Ferrari, following on from N Miliband's keynote speech yesterday at the Labour conference in Liverpool. Nick will be wanting to know your thoughts on his performance and seeing if the party has won... Uh, and seeing if the party has won that you back. Also, the Michael Jackson trial getting underway in the States. Nick speaking to a reporter live in L.A. and asking, is the trial being televised for entertainment purposes? And after it was announced that the co-writer and producer of Heidi High and Dad's Army has died, Ruth Maddock will be on the programme paying tribute to the man. I did a speech, actually, for the British Musical Society with Ruth Maddock years ago. And... um, uh, Ruth I've met on numerous occasions and uh, she said I, I was on before her so I did my speech and I'd had a few drinks and a, a fatal really but I actually rambled on for I thought 35 minutes I thought it was quite good really and I sat down and she went thanks a bunch <laughs> great so she'll be on talking about uh, the fact that uh, Mr Croft has died um 84850 uk. weave all your uh, texts and emails into the programme this morning uh, I got sent a lovely book uh, it's uh, quite a big book, actually. It's called Monster Moves. And I didn't really know what it was. And, and I suddenly... And it comes with a DVD. The book has got a DVD in it. And what it is, it's people who live... And it's mainly in America, where you live in a, in a house or you've got a church or a hotel and you want to move it. And as opposed to dismantling it, they jack it up, put it on lorries, and they take it across across the country. And you look through the picture in this, in this book, and it's got all sorts of things. I mean, there's a whole hotel which is moving here, a lovely house. I mean, it's like, it's like moving. You know, I'm not, I just, I can't even begin to tell you what it's like. They just move everything. It's a super book where they dismantle a house and then put it all back together again, and it travels across the country on giant lorries. And so there's a front cover picture of a church which is on its way. You'd think with these wooden structures, the thing would sort of fall apart, but uh, apparently not. Monster Moves, it's called. Monster Moves. Daily Mail this morning, they came up with the story yesterday, which we got some mileage out of, which was the cancer drug, which some doctors were saying they don't want to prescribe to people because they've said that it's, uh, it's a waste. They, they're going to die. What's the point of giving it to them? And I said, well, it's, it's prolonging life. Now they've got another story. Uh, They say, don't stop taking pills, but do talk to your GP. This is just as Channel 4's dispatches do a programme on can you trust your GP? And it's whether or not your GP is up to speed on all the illnesses. You might go in there and you might get, and we've seen before, misdiagnosis. You go in there and you say, oh, I've got this. And they go, oh, it's nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. Just take a tablet. You know, it'll be fine. And, uh, And I've had it before. Remember, I had it with my driver, Ali. And he just had the most awful pains and he collapsed in the middle of the street and they took him to hospital and they said you need an operation and yet the uh, the doctor hadn't noticed it first time around and just said oh it's just a bit of indigestion now they're saying a painkiller uh, taken by millions can increase the risk of a heart attack and a stroke by 40 percent so of course you can imagine i was i was quite keen to discover what it was it's only one that i take isn't it it's diclofenic 
and I've talked about diclofenic on this programme before, because if you end up with back pain or neck ache or something, any sort of aches and pains, the chances are you will be prescribed diclofenic. They say here it should be restricted to prescription only. Well, I thought it was only on prescription. I've got, I think, probably about four or five tablets at home. And if I do get bad back pain, then I am inclined to take one. In completely healthy patients, they say a 40% raised chance of heart problems is not at all significant. But for those who already have a high risk of a heart attack or stroke, taking the painkiller could present serious problems. So, of course, I would fit into that category. So, but I don't know what else you take. If you can't get diclofenic, what else can you get? Ridiculous. Lovely picture of the paper. We always like good animal pictures in the paper. And uh, in this place in China, which is the, uh, the giant panda breeding centre, last year they raised 300 cubs. 300 little baby pandas. They've got a lovely picture in the paper today of 12 of them all sleeping in a cot because they're terribly successful. They are all from separate mothers, and they're terribly successful at breeding them. One of the only places in the world, it's like the, uh, the Cat Survival Trust, very good at breeding snow leopards in this country, and over in China, they do, they do giant pandas. Really, you know, really, really cute. Did you see um, Mr Miliband yesterday at the conference? I did, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't think he came over that well. I was a bit disappointed. I wanted him to be a little bit better. But, um, but he wasn't. But then I did admire the farmer Alan Graham. Alan Graham is in uh, Ireland, I think. And you'd think that he would be... He, he, owns, he has lots of fields over there. For some reason, Rhiannon, uh, Rihanna went over there to film her video. I don't know why you pick Ireland for I suppose there's all sorts of benefits. And so he goes, yes, whoever she is, you know, she can come. Anyway, she starts walking about wearing very little. And he went, off my land, off my land. He's a, he's a Christian. He doesn't want that kind of thing. So, of course, she's got loads of coverage for her, for her video now. They haven't even released the video yet, but already everybody knows about it. Because she was walking around with sort of just like a little bikini top on. And, uh, and he said, no, get off my land. You never told me you were going to walk around half naked. Harlot, get off, off! And so they, they threw her off. But not, not before they'd all had a good old laugh at it, I think. And then at one point, I think she went topless. And I think he actually saw her topless. And that's a bit upsetting. Don't want to see that kind of thing, do you? Not in a field in Ireland. Or a field anywhere, actually. I don't know, there's probably some people listening probably quite fancy the idea. There's a woman in the paper today, I'm never sure if I believe people who have multiple personalities. Because, I mean, there's a woman here, she has 20 personalities, all trapped in one body. I mean, some people are a bit like this. You know, you understand people who are a bit sort of mad. She's an anorexic teenager, a sensible housewife, a boy who writes in Latin. She's got all these strange... Can you hear something outside the door? Is that the cleaner? Oh, right. Oh, it's you. <laughs> so I wonder what it was. It's your footstool. I wonder what it was. I thought somebody was trying to break into the studio from underneath. The cleaner will be in in a moment. Yes, of course they will. <laughs> Brace yourself, ladies and gentlemen. We could have the cleaner in here very, very shortly. So they've got this woman with these 20 personalities all trapped in one body. And they all take over her mind and vie for control of her life. She has no memory of being pregnant or giving birth. Different identities leave notes for each other. It's a most peculiar situation. 20 but somebody who writes in Latin, she's got no idea how it happens. And, and the doctors are just completely baffled by it. And I'm fascinated. I mean, I've, I've seen people who, who claim to have multiple personalities, not 20, 20 separate ones, who, who can communicate with each other. Amazing, isn't it? The, the things that you actually get nowadays in the, uh, in the papers, and you, you look at it and you think, oh my God, there's some very strange things, very strange things. There's a very strange thing here. Some bloke watches some travellers nick his transit van. They nick his transit van, they go herring through through the countryside, he follows them, 
He takes a note of where, they, where they've gone to, a traveller site, and he calls the police and he goes, listen, that's my van over there, and they're dismantling, they're taking the wheels off it. They were dismantling his car. The police went, oh, health and safety, we, we can't go onto that site. So they, so they don't bother. They were too frightened, that's what it is, because uh, down in, um, I can't remember which site it is, there is one site, but they stole a friend of a friend of mine's dog, and they stole it in broad daylight, and this friend of a friend of mine went down there and they produced shotguns and threatened to shoot him if he didn't get off the site. It's, it's quite dangerous on some of them. But anyway, they went down there and uh, the travellers wouldn't, wouldn't give his van back and, uh, and they said, do whatever you want. So he went to the police and the police didn't do anything either. Which is a bit of a shame, isn't it, if you watch somebody taking your property. That's not a very nice thing to be, uh, be confronted by. Uh, other stories in the papers today... Daily Express, of course, being owned by Richard Desmond. They're flogging Eamon Holmes to you. You'd think he was on the television enough, wouldn't you, without having to inflict himself on an NHS lottery. And so what they've done is, because he owns the paper, he can do pages and pages and pages of, uh, of Eamon Holmes clutching Richard Desmond's hands and saying how marvellous it is and it's going to the NHS. I suppose the NHS are grateful for any money that they get, but the £50 million is an estimate. It shows how much this, this is going to gen- generate if they say they can give £50 million to the NHS. This is, this is quite clearly a cash cow for Richard Desmond. And uh, they say here that uh, the money will, be a hu- will make a huge difference. Um, well, of course it will. Any money going into the NHS will make a huge difference. And uh, the money that comes in here, as a public health expert at Lancaster University, has said here, uh, local groups and projects you know, will be among the disadvantaged communities. That's what worries in that word, disadvantaged communities. You're never too sure who it's going to be. And it will use to be funding activities that will improve the health and well-being of communities across Britain. Which is good, actually. It's great. But it's £50 million a year, provided they hit all their targets. Otherwise, it might only be £5 million. But if, if he's giving, you know, 20 pence out of each pound is going, and that generates £50 million, you can imagine what the rest of it's generating, can't you? It's obviously hugely... Hugely lucrative to run a lottery, because I think we had Richard Branson who wanted to run one some years ago. Uh, the Michael Jackson trial in America of his doctor. Uh, Latoya was there, uh, Catherine, his mum, Joe, his father, and Jermaine. You need to really get, get that podcast out if you've not got it, because it's a, it's a very, 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 very interesting interview, being, uh, being very honest and, uh, and talking about things. Uh, with the hot weather, I'm afraid, that you've got at the moment comes all the mozzies. You've got mozzies all over the place. Today, they reckon, uh, in the north, it's going to hit 79 Fahrenheit, which is 26 degrees. In the south, the same, 79 Fahrenheit, 26 C. Uh, for, uh, for Friday, warm with the chance of rain, still going to be 81 degrees Fahrenheit, and down here the same, dry and warm, some cloud. Saturday, dry and sunny, 82 degrees. I'm not sure I really want 82 degrees over this weekend. <laughs> I really hate it. It's, it's, it's just, I don't function at all well, because having sort of trotted down on the bus the other day, uh, down to, uh, to Richmond to pick up the things, and then I sat on the bus on the way back with these two, two cake things, puddings, and, and the two smaller ones, uh, I sort of, I was getting hotter and hotter by the minute, and there's no, there's no air anywhere, is there? There's no air at all on buses. On the tube train, it's even worse. You get on the tube train and you think, oh, this is just ridiculous. Where is the air conditioning? You can do it, you can get it anywhere. You can buy little cheap cars now and they've got air conditioning. 
And yet you get on the tube train and there's nothing at all. Absolutely nothing. Still to come, though, it's, uh, it's the latest thing for you ladies that you're all going to be wanting. It's the, the serum that banishes wrinkles. And apparently so many of you have already done your advance orders in boots that it's a big runaway success. Because anything that apparently banishes wrinkles is something that you girls want. But I've actually got other details where you can do it an awful lot cheaper. OK, quarter to six. These are the headlines you're waking up to. A major review of policing will be announced at the Labour Party conference in Liverpool later. Shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper will outline the independent inquiry. A man's died and another's been injured after a roof collapsed in a mine in Yorkshire. The incident's the second tragedy to hit the coal industry in two weeks after four men died in a mine flooded in South Wales earlier this month. And nearly a third of us send text messages when we drive. Road safety charity Brake says we're becoming more addicted to smartphones and can't go too long without checking them. Double check on the roads for you this morning. It's Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning and start with some good news. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to 6 is the time. It's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. Nick Ferrari after 7. Following on from Ed Miliband's keynote speech yesterday at the Labour conference in Liverpool. Nick will be wanting to know your thoughts on his performance. And as the Michael Jackson trial gets underway in America, Nick will be speaking to a reporter live in LA and asking if it's being televised for entertainment purposes. You would think so. If you look at the front page of The Sun this morning, if you've just woken up, there is a picture of Michael Jackson dead on the hospital gurney, quite clearly taken by somebody with a mobile phone. And uh, then they've punted it out to everybody. I mean, it's, it's a dreadful thing. We've had it before. I think the National Enquirer did something years ago after River Phoenix died. And they got one of the relatives to, uh, to fit a little camera into his jacket so they could take a picture of River Phoenix in his coffin. And they put him on the front page. And the reason being, they said, was to deter other kids from taking drugs. Well... It just doesn't work at all. There's no reason for putting Michael Jackson on the front page of the Sun this morning in the mirror, apart from the, the shock value of this is what the King of Pop looked like. And you just think, I, d- I just don't think it's necessary. I really don't. Ruth Maddock will be talking as well about David Croft, uh, who wrote uh, Dad's Army, Heidi High, loads of other things. And a uh, really nice man. Died aged 89 peacefully the other day. 89, what a fantastic innings. What a fantastic in- innings. Uh, and also, I'd love to know... Whether or not you text when you drive. Because I can't believe that people text. I mean, I've, I've seen some stupid things in cars. In fact, I was going down the motorway the other day and I saw people on their phones. That's quite normal. I've seen people with road maps on the steering wheel trying to follow it. Well, you cannot drive and do that. And as most people have got sat-navs in the car now anyway, what's the point of actually sitting there with a map trying to follow it? And then people who text. I mean, what? I mean, they must be complete lunatics. But nearly a third of us and I'm not included in that survey, text whilst we're driving. I bet you've seen loads of blooming accidents because it's just the most dangerous thing you can ever do. And still to come, the, uh, the serum that banishes wrinkles. Or does it? Uh, Justin says, just got back from Canada. Couldn't get LBC on the net there. Why not? I don't know. I don't know. You should be able to. It's, uh, it's available on there. It's there for everybody. And uh, Dee says, I feel so sorry for Michael Jackson and his children. He wasn't able to sleep, working way too hard. And when you don't sleep, you end up desperate. She says, I think you're so brilliant. Right on the nose, read the NHS lottery. 
and the day you well dealt, uh, sorry, and the and the way you dealt with the sound hiccup, so cool. Yes, if if only we thought it was the same in here. If only we thought it was the same. Cool, because now we're both in the same room. And to be honest with you, normally when I work with her, we're separated by a, quite a thick piece of glass and everything else. We don't have to practically touching distance at the moment. You know, I don't want to sort of make a big deal about it. But uh, she is sitting, and so we have, she has to be very very quiet, which of course is a bit difficult because she can't do anything at all. She she can only say something to me when the microphones go off. And if you only just fathomed out how they go off, we're not having much luck this morning, are we, really? Oh, that's interesting. Getting married next. And uh, another one here regarding the NHS lottery, Steve. The money's going to small health charities like giving respite to young carers. Uh, the National Lottery give 28 pence of every pound to good causes, and this lottery gives 20 pence. I saw an interview with the man behind the health lottery. Yes, it's Richard Desmond. Richard Desmond, who made his money in top-shelf magazines and owns Channel 5, the X Channel. I think it's called X, X for X-rated, and, uh, and he's, he's only giving 20 pence. But, you know, to be honest with you, they're only giving 50 million a year. They, they've come up with this 50 million a year. That's based on, presumably, how many ticket sales they think they're going to have. But with a top prize of only £100,000, I'm afraid, I don't think it's worth it. And then they call it life-changing. I don't think £100,000 is, uh, is, is sort of life-changing. Not in this day and age. I mean, to be honest with you, 140 million's life-changing. Two million pounds is life-changing. 100,000 pounds, it's not life-changing. That's literally two Range Rovers paying off a bit of a mortgage or... I mean, what else could you do with that? I mean, you know, I'm not saying that, it, you know, you couldn't do some good with it. It's not going to change your life, though. Steve, funny you, just as you mentioned the boot serum, I was sitting there applying mine. Not that I really need it. Yeah, right. And so good to hear you talking about the weather being annoying rather than other presenters have gone about how lovely and hot it is. Very irritating, says Nicola. I can't bear it because my thyroid doesn't work. So, of course, in the heat, I just burn completely. I mean, I can just sit there and I can sweat for the country. It's not pleasant at all. So, anyway, so here is this stuff, OK? And they always say the same things. Whenever they're trying to sell something to you girls, you ladies out there, they will say, this is tried and tested, reduces wrinkles by 80% in less than five minutes, and it's become available in Britain for the first time. They make it sound like they're doing you a big favour, OK? This is just another one of those things you buy over the counter, all right? And they're going to sell it. They say, it's called Freeze Frame. It's been dubbed the instant non-surgical Botox with results lasting up to eight hours after one application. Okay. According to results in clinical tests, and you can get those anywhere, if it's used regularly, it can reduce long-term lines by 63% in 28 days. Boots have got a waiting list of 14,000 people, and it's 50 quid. Probably to make it fiver. OK, by the time you stick the packaging in there and you make it look a bit, a bit impressive. And all it is, they've done it in like a little syringe thing, and you put a little globule. Now, I'm here to tell you now, I've got a cheaper version. I've got the much cheaper version, OK? Anusol. Now, Anusol, ladies know about. It's nothing new. People have been using... Models have been using hemorrhoid cream for lines for donkey's years. It's cheap. The other thing which is even cheaper, and it has the same effect, because they say here that, um, you know, a tube goes a long way. That They're trying to justify the 49 quid that they're, they're charging you for it. They say here that you just put a little bit on and then don't move your face for a minute as you feel a tightening sensation. You would get the same effect if you put egg white on, OK? If you take egg white, and that's an old trick from Hollywood years ago, separate, don't put the yolk on, you look a bit silly. Take the egg white, little tiny bit of it, smooth it on, you will feel a tightening sensation, OK, as it dries, and then you put your makeup on over the top of it. That's all it is. This stuff, basically exactly the same, although they try and make it. They say it uses a new complex called Inhibox. 
which includes amino acid that relaxes facial nerves, smooths expression lines and regulates muscle tone. It also includes SNAP8, a wrinkle-relaxing component that reduces skin tension. In other words, what it is, it's tightening up. It's just so you get exactly the same effect from hemorrhoid cream and exactly the same effect from egg white. But what they're doing is that they're putting it in a tube and they're trying and thousands of you will be enjoying it. And you'll be saying to yourself, I've got to have this, Steve, it banishes wrinkles. They're flogging you a product. Okay, they're selling you a product. All it is, and, and you can go into any of the shops. You can go into the makeup counters, I find fascinating. I love looking at all the girls in the makeup counter who've troweled it all on. You can go to, you know, Bentles and you can go all over the place, I suppose, on a Saturday morning to watch all the girls there. They've got so much makeup on. So it makes no difference at all whether you're putting on a serum that banishes wrinkles. Believe you me, you know, this is just something else that you'll buy. And if they've got advance orders of 14,000, I mean, you, you can tell just really what it is they say because it can be removed by simply washing with clear water so you know it's not that that interesting but if they call it freeze frame you know you don't want to get that frightened caught in headlights look do you you want to make sure that you've got something but you, you could get the same effects i promise you by hemorrhoid cream little tiny bit of that uh, sonia amorosa the founder of freeze frame uh, says it's my personal passion to make anti-aging from home accessible uh, from home, accessible to every woman and man, by bringing what I believe to the most cutting edge. It'll be on QVC shortly. You could just tell, can't you? It's 50 quid. One of the most expensive creams in the world is Creme de la Mer, and it's something like £300. So this 49 quid little little file of stuff is going to do exactly the same as £300 cream? I shouldn't think so. Anne Sutherland from Maidstone in Kent bought the product abroad before it was available. She said, I bought freeze frame whilst on holiday. I can honestly say my wrinkles had disappeared in under five minutes. It even worked on my puffy eyes. Well, there you go then. Fantastic. The instant results last eight hours and the longer term effects are just as good and it really makes a difference like nothing else I've ever tried. Of course it does, it's, but it's taken 50 quid off you. Of course, the worst thing is if you go out for the day and you, sort, you put it on in the morning and you put your makeup on over the top and then you go out and you get halfway through that, that dinner in front of everybody and all of a sudden your face drops. Not going to look so good then. Somebody apparently from, uh, from, uh, from the Australian department store, Maya, where it's been a bestseller, says the interest in this product has blown everybody away. It's literally walking off the shelves. Oh, God, it's alive as well. Even more worrying. They're, saying, they're, they're telling you all the things you want to hear about it. Customers can't get enough of this treatment that visibly and instantly and longer uh, anti-aging result is fantastic. It's the miracle cure of all miracle cures. It's fantastic. You must have it because if you don't have it, you're going to look old and haggard, and people will know that you're not using freeze frame. Although, to be honest with you, I've never heard of Snap 8, a wrinkle-relaxing component. Anybody ever heard of that one before? I thought I'd been, I've done enough health and beauty programmes on LBC over the years. I've had Estee Lauder on, I've had all the experts, they've all been there. You know, even down to, uh, to sort of companies that just bring out one thing, people, Imidine. I remember we launched Imidine on LBC, and... Um, and the, the, the company who's selling it got more than 4,000 inquiries after, after a couple of mentions on my programme. Again, in the day when we were working on the assumption that you are on the outside what you are on the inside. So, in other words, if you drink lots of water, that's very, very good for your skin. Very, very good for your skin. And, and if, if you're healthy on the inside, it reflects on the outside. So I don't think you need to spend 50 quid. You will, though. Because they're, they're telling you you need to have it. And because you read that some crackpot over in Australia goes, oh, it's marvellous. It's walking off the shelves by itself. It's me women everywhere are going, this is so much better than Botox. Listen, it's 50 quid. You watch in a year's time. Will we be talking about it? No. 
Because that's the beauty industry. It's here today and somebody else will sort of come up with it. So it's been tested in laboratories. I can go and get a formula made today in a laboratory and I can call it Steve's, you know, special shampoo, which will grow hair on a billiard ball. You know, and I'll say, it's very expensive. And then I think, if, well, put it this way, it costs me 50p to make, so if I sell it for a quid. No, 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 no. You've got to sell it. You've got to pitch it at the right market. If they were selling this in boots and this was £300, nobody would buy it. So they sell it at 50 quid. But not just 50 quid, they sell it at £49.99. Because that makes you think that you've got a bargain. And, but if, if they sold it any more than that, you'd have to sell it somewhere else. It wouldn't quite work, would it? It really wouldn't quite work. So you've got to be very careful with these things. But if you, if seriously, if you want to try something like that, try it. I suppose the argument could be you've only wasted £50. I think, you know, £50 is, is kind of a lot of money in this day and age, especially when you get the same effect for, for, for just about anything. For just about anything at all. Listen, uh, if you've got a thought on that, I mean, you might have been to Australia and bought this, in which case I'd love to hear from you. Absolutely love to hear from you. So it's 84850, steve at uk. We'll weave all your texts and emails in very, very shortly. So have you tried that? Have you texted at the wheel? Morning, everybody. Early breakfast, LBC 97.3. We're coming to you live from Leicester Square. It's Steve Allen with you till 7. Nick and the team then, and following on from Ed Miliband's appearance yesterday, Nick will be asking how you thought he came over. That's what the papers are analysing today. Plus the Michael Jackson trial uh, has got underway in the States. Pictures on the front of a couple of the papers this morning of Michael Jackson dead on his gurney in the hospital, obviously taken by somebody on a mobile phone. I just think it's in extremely poor taste. I just think anything like that. The, the, the trial appears to be like an entertainment, and Nick will be asking that very question. And plus, of course, as the, the godfather of British sitcoms has uh, passed on, David Croft will be remembered by Ruth Maddock, because uh, David Croft, and he appeared on LBC, and I think it was about... Three years ago? Four years ago? Something like that. He came in to talk about uh, the sitcoms, and uh, when you think under his belt, Dad's Army, hello, hello, are you being served? Heidi, hi, it ain't half hot, Mum. You know, a really, really nice man. He was 89, and to be honest with you, without the genius of David Croft, the papers say, we never would have fretted about the state of Mrs Slocum's pussy. We never would have, you know, it came up with regularity every week. And some of the, uh, the funniest lines, it was so cold one morning, she said, I had to, un- had to unfreeze my pussy in front of the fire. And, and so it went on. But he was great. He was great. He died peacefully. A fond farewell. That's two people we've lost. We've lost John Sullivan and, and we've lost David Croft now. And uh, great, great legacies. He, he told me, in the early days, they didn't get paid very much money for writing them. But, of course, when they were written, nobody knew about uh, video, nobody knew about talking books, nobody knew about anything at all. And so now, when they were shown, he said, we make, we make much more money out of them. And as far as I'm concerned, he was part of British sitcom legend. He is the stuff of which great programmes were made and, uh, and by him. And he was just absolutely wonderful. I mean, without him, I don't think we ever would have sort of worried about the priceless painting of the fallen Madonna with the big boobies uh, or worried about Sergeant Wilson's indulgence towards Private Pike and Dad's army. Um, we, we, we never would have had, you know, a, a most unlikely chart-topping song in British pop history, Whispering Grass. Do you remember Donna Stell? Lovely Donna Stell, not with us anymore, and Windsor Davis. Lovely boy, lovely boy. And, um, and it just really, you know, somebody who is... Most of you probably listening have, have seen Dad's Armies, you've seen the Aloha Lows, all the great characters that came out of them. And they quite clearly, he said to me, he said, once we started working with various people, then we like to put them in different things. 
So I think after they'd done Heidi High, they liked the, the, the staff there, so they moved them on and they put them into, uh, I can't remember, but Sue Pollard they, they had and oh, loads of other people. I think it was uh, Oh Dr Beeching, which was a story about the railway station. And I liked that. It never did as well for them as, as some of their other things. But they'll talk about that with Nick Ferrari this morning on 97.3. Ed Miliband telling the party, I'll do it my way. Uh, I'd love to know if you've if you've taken diclofenic before, as that's in all the news this morning, and I myself have. To, I'd had no idea that you could buy diclofenic, which is this thing that people get for for bad back pain or neck pain or all sorts of things. Little orange tablets, or they could vary in colour. I've discovered, and you can get it on prescription. Or failing that, you can buy it over the counter. I'd had no idea you can do that. The other thing I must mention to you, because it's uh, all the surgeries are now offering it. Well, coming up very shortly is the flu vaccination for this winter. And uh, the chemists are doing it too. I was speaking to Mr Shah the other day at Goods in Twickenham. I think they actually start on the 8th or the 9th of October. They'll be doing... I said, do you actually do the flu jabs? And he goes, yes. I thought, oh dear, makes me cringe. I've got to go and get mine done because I'm in an at-risk category. So you can go in there and I get mine done in the... Uh in, in the doctor's surgery. But uh, you must get it done. If you're an elderly person, you should have had a letter from your GP by now. Don't ignore it. It's so that uh, it'll, keep you, it'll keep you going throughout the cold season. And uh, I, think it was, I think I was all right, actually, last year. But for life, I can't remember. I'm never too sure if, if, if you give it this flu jab and then you get the flu later. I don't know. Front page of the, uh, the Express today. Oh, look, this funny. Do you know, we talk about things one day and, lo and behold, a, you know, a week later it appears in the papers. Wagon wheels. Free wagon wheels today, where they've now got on the front size matters because they've definitely got smaller. They are definitely an awful lot smaller than they used to be. Uh, Britain's biggest lottery was launched. Well, it's not. They're hoping it is. And Richard Desmond, I imagine, is hoping it's going to be very successful. The trouble is he's got Eamon Holmes fronting it again. And to be honest with you, you know, I think by now this man needs to say the word no. I do not want to appear anymore on television. Do us all a favour. Uh, they're hoping to get £50 million into the NHS, but into all the other things which are probably losing their funding. How they decide that, I've got no idea. You'll need to read the papers to uh, find out. Keith Vaz... Uh, it's pictured with a well-endowed female dancer. It's rather like a tacky little picture, I'm afraid. Not so exciting. Uh, because Richard Desmond owns the Daily Star as well. They've got the same picture of Eamon Holmes, Gail Porter and Melinda Messenger and a few other people launching uh, this tonic for Britain. As I said before, though, if it's raising 50 million quid for uh, small bits of the NHS, imagine how much it's trotting out for Mr Desmond. Uh, apparently still going on, but nobody watching it at all. Is Big Brother. I had no idea that there, were, there was even anybody in there. Really not uh, not good with that one. Uh, the Daily Star, all the editorials and all his own papers are sort of talking about his lottery, because that's what it is, it's self-promotion. So you'll, you'll hear it advertised on Channel 5 as well. The recording of Michael Jackson's drugged voice makes a lot of the papers as well. The Jackson clan were out in force. Tito, Latoya, Jermaine, who we spoke to, Mother Catherine, Father Joe, Sister Janet and Brother Randy were all there. Uh, and they had to endure people talking about Michael Jackson. Uh, it's talked about in Jermaine's book, and he's, he's very honest about the fact that he thought that Michael was actually quite ill and was too tired to actually go on. When he turned up for rehearsals, as Kenny Ortega said yesterday, uh, he was very tired. Some days he just didn't have the energy. So how on earth they ever would have actually got through doing something like 50 shows, God alone knows. That, must, that, that worry would have put you know, an awful, awful 
sort of uh, strain on him, and I'm not totally convinced that uh, he actually would have made it. Uh, Steve says, Mike, I'm a motorcycle curry, and I've noticed mobile phone use behind the wheel is getting worse, overtaking, taking corners, even on roundabouts, and I've seen the police do it. I don't know what the answer is, but I'd like to know... Sorry, but I, I know what I'd like to do to them. I find it absolutely... It's, um, it's just... It's common... You see it all the time, don't you? You can buy hands-free for a car from, you know, like £30 or something like that. Very, very cheap indeed. And yet still people are on their phone in the car. And it's, it's ridiculous. Jackie in Amersham says, You're so right. And your soul is fab. Been using it for years. Going to take your tip for egg yolks. No, no, no. The egg whites. The egg whites. OK, that's what you need. And um, no, no, no £50 products for this old girl, says Jackie. And, uh, and Vince who says, I'm in Oxford Street, says, listening to you on the LBC iPhone app that I've just downloaded. Now I can listen while I'm working. Where's Amanda? Well, she's sitting directly opposite. Hello, she says. Hello, she says. Steve, my giddy aunt, only you would know about hemorrhoid cream. Well, actually, it used to be called hemorrhoid preparation. But if you want to get rid of your wrinkles, girls, that's the one for you. Time now, 6.15. News headlines, Holly Ford. Thanks, Steve. Shadow Home Secretary of Cooper will... Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Hope you're well this morning. It's uh, live from Leicester. It's another hot day. Live from Leicester. I nearly forgot what I was talking about, actually. Live from Leicester Square. Miranda, good morning. She says, I have to wake each morning at five to listen to you. So there you go. Uh, so thank you very much indeed. And on the subject of Joe Malone candles, Maggie says, uh, I've sent you one message. I can't stop doing it now. Because um, she said I accosted you uh, once on a bus. I think it was going towards Teddington. All I could think was, oh, my goodness me, I'm wearing Ugg boots and Steve hates them. I do hate Uggbirds, I'm sorry. Do you know, i I tell you why I hate them. It's because I think they make women's feet look ugly, because they're just like small squat Wellingtons. They're horrid. It's like I didn't like those furry boots either. I got a bit sort of iffy about them, I'm afraid. And also, you know, the people's feet lean to one side or... Oh, dear, just... Mind you, as I was coming round Trafalgar Square this morning with the drive, there were two girls tottering over there. Two of them very sensibly had flat shoes on, which is very good if you're walking after her. The other one had heels on. She could barely walk. Barely walk. But anyway, uh, she says, I want to have a moan about Joe Malone candles. I went to the Joe Malone shop in Westfield, in White City. Wanted to buy the £38 candle as a birthday present. Do you know they've stopped selling the candles with the silver lid? They now charge the same amount, but the candles just come in cellophane, no lid. The, the silver lids were always more expensive. They haven't done the silver lids on candles for, for ages. They did, what? Is it's it, real well, it's, yes, it's silver plate, yeah. Used to be, yes. I've, I've got some, uh, some other candles from Penhaligans, which are silver... Oh, so, I'm telling you about your Christmas present now, aren't I? Oh, sorry about that. But, uh, no, the little silver lids haven't come for ages and ages, so it's still £38. But she says, I'm not going to spend £38, no matter how nice it uh, smells. The steck, the steck, thank you very much indeed for that. And um, I must mention very quickly, because I, I promised that I would do it uh, earlier on, and it's the... It's the relaunch of the Organ Festival at the Methodist Central Hall, Westminster, where, you know, we've had LBC Carol concerts before. It's opposite Westminster Abbey. It's that big place built by the Methodists. They all gave a guinea, I think, and, and they raised the money to build it. And they used it, actually, strange enough, it features in the film Calendar Girls because they held the, uh, the Women's Institute meeting there. And so that's what their staircase looks like. You thought it was my house, I know. And uh, so if you fancy going, Sunday, Saturday the 8th of October, they're singing, among other, other things, I Was Glad, which is the music Catherine came into when she married Prince William, the Easter hymn and Vidors to Carter and Fugue. 
And uh, the following day, it's a big sing with lots of great hymns. So the Organ Launch Festival at Methodist Central Hall, Westminster. And you're all very welcome to go along. Tickets, I think, are £15. And uh, it looks lovely. It really is. It's a lovely venue. So it, I mean, it really is a lovely venue. I don't tell fibs. Uh, will you be buying the serum for £50, which I mentioned before, in boots, 14,000 advance orders. Now, come on, ladies, you can be honest with me. You can tell me. Are you taken by these things? Now I've mentioned it this morning, are you now thinking, well, I want this. This sounds like the miracle. Steve, this is the miracle. If it was 15 quid, that might be different. But it's £50, just a shade short of 50 quid, and I wonder whether or not you would spend that much money just in the effort to halt the uh, the time clock marching on. Do let me know. 84850 LBC973. Uh, Paul in Manchester Ford said, I've just had a look at pictures of Michael Jackson. These are the pictures on the front of the sun this morning, a big picture of the uh, the king of pop. It's going to upset fans everywhere. Uh, it's, his, it's his death picture. I have to be... I'll, I'll be brutally honest with you. When... And I said to Jermaine... I think I said it, Jermaine. When they did the memorial service and they brought in Michael's coffin, I thought they would do the same as James Brown and have it open. I really thought that it, it would have been open so that people could have seen. For, for whatever reason, I have no idea, but when they did it for James Brown, it seemed right, but perhaps not right for Michael Jackson. And to see him just on a hospital gurney, uh, just in a, in a white robe, is, is not really the kind of picture I want to, uh, to see there. He says, I suppose it was inevitable that they'd find their way into the papers, but have to admit... It's not normally the British press who do it, usually preferring to leave it to the States and places like the National Enquirer. And after National Enquirer, but after the disaster of the phone hacking and the closure of the news of the world, how stupid can the publishers be? As in the verse, where have all the flowers gone? When will they ever learn? We don't want to see it. And I should imagine the PCC, or whoever it's supposed to be these days, will be very busy. Uh, by the way, can I ask you to put your two-way family favourites hat on to say good morning to Dawn, Noreen... And Martin, who were kind enough to get in touch with me yesterday, enjoy the first few minutes of your standby show on our local station. We could always tell if the studio had gone down when we had a loop of Matt Bianco singing Yeah, Yeah for an hour at a time. Yes, that's what we got this morning. And in fact, I'm, even I wasn't sure what the interview was. <laughs> but uh, it'll be sorted out later. Jason says, text at the wheel. Yes, I have. Don't see why not. Done it many times. However, I am parked at the time. I'm not silly, which is good. And, uh, and Colin, who is in Ontario, says, I can't understand what the listener was talking about visiting Canada and couldn't access LBC. You most certainly can access LBC from Canada. And that's how I listen to the show every single day. So there you go. Yes, I don't understand how, how people can't access it. Uh, other stories in the papers today. So and I'd love to hear from you. So if you, if you think it's in bad taste, I'll tell you what I did think was in bad taste the other day, and I don't know whether or not I was right about it, but it's, it started an argument, and I, I don't buy it anymore because I don't want to see the cast of The Only Way is Essex parading their very limited charms over it. But uh, the girl who used to go out with uh, Mark Wright, Lauren Goodger, is obviously so desperate, she sold the story and the front page on OK Magazine, Why I Aborted Mark's Baby. I, I kid you, I looked at it in disbelief, thinking, why on earth would that be on the front page of something? And it's now developed into a row between him and her, two stupid people of the First Order, with him saying, how cheap do you have to be to sell your story? And she then texted back to him, saying, well, you've sold stories, and he's said back... I've never sold them. I can prove I've never sold these stories. But what a dreadful thing. She's only ever told her mother, and now, obviously so desperate for the money, that's what... I mean, normally it's I was bullied at school, not I aborted my baby. I don't... Perhaps we're just going through this dumbing-down phase, and, and it's just... It's just terribly bad. It's just not the kind of thing that you want to read. 
Kerry Katona has uh, made some allegations about Vicky Beckham, and she's said here that uh, it's ridiculous. She cannot have got her figure back like that, only a matter of weeks after giving birth. She says she's naturally skinny, but I think she might have had tummy tucks and liposuction. Don't be ridiculous. Victoria Beckham doesn't even need to resort to that. Doesn't even need to resort. Somebody like you, Kerry, does need to resort to that, because you're, you're little chubby chops, and, uh, and that's the sort of person you are. But Vicky Beckham doesn't need that. She's well-versed in doing it. Uh, Steve, talking about anti-wrinkle cream, I've been using an ordinary blue pot of Nivea since I was 12. Take the makeup off with it at night, wash my face with water, then put the cream on again. I'm nearly 60, don't have any wrinkles. I have jowls where the skin is sagging, but no wrinkles. Good. Teresa says, I can't accept anybody taking pictures of the dead or viewing them, and that includes statesmen and women. Because, to be honest with you, this must be somebody who's, who works in the hospital, mustn't it? Because you can't just walk in and take pictures of people on, on stretchers and things like that. Um, Jill says, most annoying, luxury cars with inbuilt hands-free not being used. Dreadful, isn't it? Actually, but most of them, they're not all built in. I've got it built in on mine, but uh, not everybody. And, of course, most people who've got luxury cars have, have drivers. Jenny says, besides the idiot drivers texting and talking on the phones, I keep seeing cyclists talking on their phones, steering bikes with one hand. Don't get me on bikes. Don't get me on bikes. I saw somebody the other day, and I get annoyed when people come out on bicycles, this is, and they've got their shopping on the handlebars. It's like me driving along, holding my shopping out the car window. I'd be stopped by the police. And you see people on cycles, and then you see them with all sorts of things that they've got sort of propped up on the handlebars. Really ridiculous. Really ridiculous. So, thank you very much indeed for that. That's, that's the kind of thing that annoys me. I live in the States, Oregon, says uh, Christina. So it's night when your show is on here. I just wanted to say, I used to hate going to bed, but now I get to listen to you. I look forward to it. You're hilarious. Thank you very much indeed. And, uh, Steve, I don't wear makeup. If I don't wear makeup, can I still use the Anusol cream? <laughs> well, I d- yes, you, I mean, to be honest with you, you're not putting on tons of it. You're putting on a little thin layer because it will, it will tighten up in the same way that this, this other miracle cream. Because it's always a miracle, isn't it? I used to get very annoyed with the adverts in the Sunday papers for slimming tablets. Tablets aimed particularly at very, very fat people. And they would put things on there. Uh, I think one of them contained extract of fish, because the, the, the thing in the advert said, you'll never see fat fish. I thought we'd seen whales. Although they're mammals, I don't know. So anyway, and, and so it had all this thing, and it said, and if you, if you lose too much weight, stop taking the tablets. I thought, where do you think it goes? You know, if you, if you just stop eating, all this flab, unless you do exercise, isn't going to tighten up, is it? You have to do... You know, you have to do the exercises. A tablet will not make you lose weight because you've got all the skin. It doesn't evaporate skin. You worry about some people when they spend money on these things. Steve, do you remember a series called Potter with Arthur Lowe? Um, Vaguely, in the back of my mind, I've got, actually, uh, Arthur Lowe doing a thing which involves a ski lift. And I can't remember what they were. I think it was was ITV or ATV's playground or whatever it was it was little little vignette programs and i can't remember who wrote those i don't think it was david croft i don't think it was david i mean he's he's written some stuff in his time i do remember potter but for the life of me i cannot remember exactly how it works oh by the way one of the supermarkets has now decided to put um little things to stop them being nicked inside bars of cadbury's chocolate because apparently students go in and steal chocolate. It is the most stolen thing in a supermarket, because they pick it up, put it in their pocket. And I've seen students doing it in Twickenham. You know, absolutely loads and loads of them. You see them going into Iceland or wherever, and I've seen this on, you know, numerous occasions, and I mentioned it to Iceland, and they said, I know, it's so difficult to try... The staff there don't have enough time to sit there and watch 
having all the, the sweets there. Perhaps very shortly they'll put them under lock and key and have to go, is it possible to have two Cadbury's cream eggs and, um, and a Caramac? That'll be fine. We'll just get the key and unlock the safe so we can get it out. But they steal it, so they've started putting the little things in there. So when they walk through the, the checkout, it goes, woo-woo-woo-woo-woo-woo-woo-woo-woo. And then some security guard rushes over and goes, right. Now, what I think that they, they should actually issue to security guards now is scanners because you know you see people pushing huge trolleys through and he goes woo, 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 like that and the security guard just looks at it and you think you know they've stolen something they must have done that's why it's set off the alarm why don't they give them handheld scanners which they can sort of run over the shopping and then they can see where the offending article is makes perfect sense doesn't it you run it over there la 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 and and you can see i mean you know people at this time of year are pinching all sorts of things the other problem they've got and we talked about it the other day coupons the coupons you see them on the on the internet and they can legally only be used once. They're now being copied using internet technology and reused many times. One firm lost £150,000 because people were duplicating these, these coupons. Because we were asking if people still cut them out of newspapers and take them in there and then and hand them over. And I haven't seen it being done for ages, but I used to see it all the time. But now I don't see it at all. It's LBC 97.3. It's Wednesday morning in London town. The time now is 630 LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. Have your say with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 24 minutes to 7 is the time. We're live from Leicester Square. It's LBC 97.3 with Steve Allen till 7. Nick and the team... We'll be with you just after seven, looking at uh, Ed Miliband's speech the other day. Michael Jackson, the circus that is uh, surrounding this trial, which has turned into an entertainment. And as the papers are full of uh, Michael Jackson on his hospital trolley after they've removed the body from the house. Uh, and we're asking the question, is it tasteless? Most of you seem to think it is very tasteless. It's not the, I think it's just private. I think it's a private thing. I don't think you do that. And uh, all the family have turned up. If you want to know what uh, Jermaine Jackson thinks, go to the LBC website and download the podcast. Because he's, he's very candid about the whole thing. There wasn't much that he wouldn't talk about. Strangely enough, before we did the interview, there were certain things that they said he, he wouldn't talk about. He talked about everything. I always find that with people. They say, uh, d- don't ask them about so-and-so. As you go, I really wanted to ask you about so-and-so. They said, ask me, ask me. Ask anything you like. And after uh, Boots have announced they're going to be selling this marvellous serum, which apparently uh, takes years off you ladies for £50, I wonder not whether or not you will be buying it, and how many other useless items you've got on the dressing table at the moment you're looking at, which say the same, this is a miracle, this will do this, this will... They quite clearly don't. Otherwise, we'd all be walking around, wouldn't we, looking absolutely 15 years old. But I'd, it's just not very likely, I'm afraid. So this serum goes on sale. It's £50. And I'm not sure if... It, I mean, perhaps £50, you might think, is pitched at the right end of the market. You might think that you could afford that. But all the other creams, the, the Boots one that they sold, their, their serum, that was, you know, three for two and... Sorry, yeah, yeah three, three for the price of two. And that promised to take all your wrinkles away. Well, I've been using it for six months. It's made no difference at all to me, I'm afraid. <laughs> and uh, Rob says, I'm going to try treating my wrinkles with hemorrhoid cream. I hope it works better on my face, because my bottom looks like Digby Jones holding his breath. Oh, it's not very nice, is it? And Dee says, uh, dumbing down of television. When did they decide to turn Come Dine With Me into Jeremy Kyle meets Psycho? Totally ruined what was a decent programme. Yes, I thought so too. It has degenerated into a drunk fest. It's not, you know, when it, when it first started, it was funny and it was witty and people who thought they could cook. Now it's just stupid people 
that they put on there just purely to wind people up, I think. And uh, if you live in Lancashire and you're near Haywood, happy Christmas. And the reason I say happy Christmas, you know already, don't you, that your Christmas lights have gone up already in Haywood. The councils say that they, they were replacing various street lights, so it makes perfect sense to get the people to put the Christmas lights up. This is three months early. So three months early, your Christmas lights have gone up. It takes eight weeks to install them across the borough, and starting the installations any later requires additional street lighting engineers, which would increase the cost. So consequently, they've already got their snowmen, giant Santas, and flickering neon candles. I cannot wait. Cannot wait for Christmas. Because this year I'm turning on the Christmas lights in Twickenham. I forgot to mention that too. It's on the 25th of November. And I'm turning on the Christmas lights. So, da-da-da-da, flick. And there we go. So, uh, if you want to come down for that, we'd love to see you. I'll remind you a bit nearer the time. Save me standing there by myself. You know, so I'm flicking on the lights. Hello? <laughs> I have to make sure we do things like that. And, uh, and I did get the Heston... Blumenthal Christmas pudding yesterday, but you know, and I've said before, you must check the sell-by dates, because Marks and Spencers are selling um, Christmas mince pies, but they go out of date on October the 2nd. So you must check the Heston Blumenthal pie uh, puddings, because they've got booze in, luckily go through to April 2012, but you must check all the uh, the other things. You must check all the, all the sell-by dates, because they're mince pies, even though they're for Christmas, they're not, because they expire even before you've got halfway through the month. Ed Miliband, we talked about this morning, he's on the front of a lot of papers today, because yesterday he spelled out his vision for the country at the Labour Party conference in Liverpool. This was his keynote speech. He's told members he wants a society where effort is recognised and an end to the fast-buck culture of the last 30 years. LBC 97.3's political correspondent Tom Cheel was watching the speech. As he strode purposefully to the podium in a packed hall, Ed Miliband admitted it had been an eventful year. My kids, Daniel and Sam, a new generation of Miliband brothers. <laughs> but I know what you're thinking. And just to reassure you, Justine and I are profoundly hoping they become doctors. But the focus soon turned from personality to politics, as he argued the coalition's austerity plan is failing even if many voters aren't yet ready to put their faith back in Labour. The Labour Party lost trust on the economy. I am determined we restore your trust in us on the economy. Light on policy, his most substantial promise was what he called a new bargain to reward good people and businesses over bad ones. In future, Ed Miliband argued, people would get out what they put in. But as he aims to add definition to his leadership, he turned to the past. You know, I'm not Tony Blair. I'm not Gordon Brown either. Great men who in their different ways achieved great things for our country. But I'm my own man and I'm going to do things my own way. By promising to remake the economy in favour of what he calls producers, not predators, Mr Miliband drew a fresh and stark dividing line with the coalition but the most rapturous applause was reserved for that well-known refrain. Let me tell David Cameron this. It's the oldest truth in politics. He knows it, and the British public now know it too. You can't trust the Tories on the National Health Service. 
As a speech, it may not linger long in the memory, but if it helps Mr Miliband define the direction he wants to lead the party and persuade voters he's ready to be Prime Minister, it will have served its purpose. LBC 97.3's political correspondent Tom Cheel. So Nick will be talking about that after the news at 7 this morning. 84850, steve at uk. Will you be buying that serum? What are your beauty tips? I've already given you, well, not my beauty tips, but the ones which I've, I've known about over the years. Uh, other stories of the paper today. Psychic Sally, can she solve your dilemma? No, she can't. OK, so thought we'd tell you that now. She can't. I can solve your, your dilemma for you. Don't bother writing to her, it's rubbish. And as somebody said before, that uh, when they were talking about Sally Morgan, she was in the paper, she's been accused of all sorts of things. To be honest with you, she can't actually prove uh, anything. You know, there is, there is no way that you can test psychics. And if you do test them, all they do, if, if it turns out to be negative, is that they say, oh, no, I'm terribly sorry, you're, you're obviously, you know, the vibes are not right and I'm not getting messages and all this kind of stuff. And as, as somebody wrote in the paper about uh, that old crook, Doris Stokes, the Doris Stokes had, had a very good trick. She used to keep, because people used to write to her. And as somebody said afterwards, what, what her trick was... Uh, well, she would keep everything, every letter that arrived in with somebody, you know, if I'd written in saying, you know, I'm with my producer at the moment, she's making me cry and all this kind of thing, then she would archive that under sad presenter. And then when, when she did a show in my town, that letter would come out again and she'd send me free tickets. So in other words, if you'd had somebody pass over or killed in a car accident or something like that, you would write in and go, you know, I've had... And she would do this healing kind of thing. But she kept all the letters. So she knew where everybody was. She would send tickets to the show. And then she could go, like, this miracle from heaven. Um, I'm getting this image of this boy chart, blah, blah. And that's exactly how they do it. They could stand there till they're blue in the face. But uh, all they are is their money-making machines. That's exactly what they are. A little bit like the genius who made even the Germans laugh. And that was the life of uh, David Croft, Richard Littlejohn. Talked about him and, and, of course, Jimmy Perry as well. They sat down. I'd love to have seen them writing to see exactly what the, what the process was and exactly how they managed to, uh, to turn out. Just so many good things. I mean, literally, time after time after time, the scripting was great, but they loved their, their characters, and that's why so many of them featured in so many of the programmes. It was called uh, Car Along the Pass, or Pass Along the Car, it was uh, a six-part series, Galton and Simpson Playhouse. Thank you, Dave. You're quite right, actually. It was Galton and Simpson, and it's available on DVD. That was the Arthur Lowe programme. And uh, there's also, uh, I tell you, it's Burt Reynolds with Leonard Rossiter. Yes, it's Galton and Simpson, the Playhouse. You're quite right. Well done. Well done. Uh, one here from Brigitte, who says, I have my solar Christmas lights up on a tree in my front garden already. With all this sunshine, they twinkle away merrily. It's about 5am. Yes, they've they brought out new solar lights now, which, which charge up even when... It's not as sunny. Mary and Crawley says, will you be off to Norway again to choose the Christmas tree? I think it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, that. I think, I mean, to be honest with you, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it? I mean, it really would be lovely. And, um, it was, but cold, as we said yesterday on the programme. I wasn't complaining about it, because I thought the hotel was fantastic. But we had no, no time whatsoever to actually get there. Literally, we sort of arrive from the hotel. We're on a luxury coach. There's only about five or six of us on there. We get in, change, down for dinner, upstairs, sleep, unpack, then pack again, and then, and then go off again into the woods the next day. So it was, there was an awful lot going on, but I tell you, wouldn't have missed it for the world. Quarter to seven. News headlines with Holly Ford. Thanks, Steve. Former Met Police Commissioner Lord Stevens will head an independent review into policing to be outlined later by the Shadow Home Secretary. He's ready to be Prime Minister. It will have served its purpose.
LBC 97.3's political correspondent, Tom Cheel. So, Nick will be talking about that after the news at 7 this morning. 8 for 850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Will you be buying that serum? What are your beauty tips? I've already given you, well, not my beauty tips, but the ones which I've, I've known about over the years. Uh, other stories of the paper today. Psychic Sally, can she solve your dilemma? No, she can't. OK, I thought we'd tell you that now. She can't. I can solve your, your dilemma for you. Don't bother writing to her, it's rubbish. And as somebody said before that uh, when they were talking about Sally Morgan, she was in the paper, she's been accused of all sorts of things. To be honest with you, she can't actually prove uh, anything. You know, there is, there is no way that you can test psychics, and if you do test them, all they do, if, if it turns out to be negative, is that they say, oh, no, I'm terribly sorry, you're, you're obviously, you know, the vibes are not right and I'm not getting messages and all this kind of stuff. And as, as somebody wrote in the paper about uh, that old crook, Doris Stokes, the Doris Stokes had, had a very good trick. She used to keep, because people used to write to her, and as somebody said afterwards, what, what her trick was, uh, was she would keep everything, every letter that arrived in, with somebody, you know, if I'd written in saying, you know, I'm with my producer at the moment, she's making me cry and all this kind of thing, then she would archive that under sad presenter. And then when, when she did a show in my town, that letter would come out again and she'd send me free tickets. So, in other words, if you'd had somebody pass over or killed in a car accident or something like that, you would write in and go, you know, I've had... And she would do this healing kind of thing. But she kept all the letters. So she knew where everybody was. She would send tickets to the show. And then she could go, like, this miracle from heaven. Um, I'm getting this image of this boy chart, blah, blah. And that's exactly how they do it. They could stand there till they're blue in the face. But uh, all they are is their money-making machines. That's exactly what they are. A little bit like the genius who made even the Germans laugh. And that was the life of uh, David Croft, Richard Littlejohn. Talked about him and, and, of course, Jimmy Perry as well. They sat down. I'd love to have seen them writing to see exactly what the, what the process was and exactly how they managed to, uh, to turn out just so many good things. I mean, literally, time after time after time, the scripting was great, but they loved their, their characters, and that's why so many of them featured in so many of the programmes. It was called uh, Car Along the Pass or Pass Along the Car, it was uh, a six-part series, Galton and Simpson Playhouse. Thank you, Dave. You're quite right, actually. It was Galton and Simpson, and it's available on DVD. That was the Arthur Lowe programme. And uh, there's also, uh, I tell you, it's Burt Reynolds with Leonard Rossiter. Yes, it's Galton and Simpson, the Playhouse. You're quite right. Well done. Well done. Uh, one here from Brigitte, who says, I have my solar Christmas lights up on a tree in my front garden already. With all this sunshine, they twinkle away merrily until about 5am. Yes, they've they brought out new solar lights now, which, which charge up even when... It's not as sunny. Mary and Crawley says, will you be off to Norway again to choose the Christmas tree? I think it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, that. I think... I mean, to be honest with you, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it? I mean, it really would be lovely. And, um... It was but cold, as we said yesterday on the programme. I wasn't complaining about it, because I thought the hotel was fantastic. But we had no... no time whatsoever to actually get there. Literally, we sort of arrive from the hotel. We're on a luxury coach. There's only about five or six of us on there. We get in, change, down for dinner, upstairs, sleep, unpack, then pack again, and then, and then go off again into the woods the next day. So there was, there was an awful lot going on, but I tell you, wouldn't have missed it for the world. Quarter to seven. News headlines with Holly Ford. Thanks, Steve. Former Met Police... BC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. Have your say with Steve Allen.
Morning, a very nice heavy company. Ten to seven is the time. We're coming to you live from Leicester Square. Nick and the team with you after the news at uh, seven o'clock this morning. Just going back to the uh, to the papers and the pictures of Michael Jackson. And Nick will talk about this later on. They're going to go to Hollywood to talk to one of the reporters there and find out exactly, you know, why we have a picture of Michael Jackson on the front of one of the papers, abandoned by his doctor, his 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 death picture just as the as the trial starts. It's an extremely poor taste. And it's and, and I don't know whether or not people will be complaining about it because they go, you don't want your children to see that kind of thing. And it's going to be, you're going to see it all over the place because the picture on the sun is, is absolutely, it takes up the whole of the front page. And it's terrible for all the, the fans. And I shouldn't imagine the family are that thrilled about the thing either. Uh, other stories, uh, Robbie Williams, the X Factor mentor, has revealed he's too nice to be a judge on the ITV talent show. The star, who strips naked and covers his modesty with palm leaves on Saturday's programme, admitted he couldn't decide the fate of contestants like his take-that-bandmate Gary Barlow. He said, I'd like to be in Gary's position for one night, but not four months. I think because people find it difficult, don't they? I think people think to themselves, you know, can we actually do this? Can we actually be honest uh, with these singers? And the answer is... I think you have to be. I think you have to be totally honest with them and you have to say, listen, you're not quite good enough. I think what they're looking for with, with all the X Factors is they're looking for a, a quick fix, they're looking for a group to come out there, maybe a solo singer, but most of them do disappear quite quickly. They do disappear quite... They do, we're still waiting, aren't we, for Mr Cardle. I know that Dawn is going to go out and she's, she's booked to see him and it, it'll do very well, but if, if it doesn't sell by, by the second one... Tragically, they, they, they won't bother with it, I'm afraid. Tragically, they, they won't bother. We were talking as well earlier on about diclofenic and, uh, and, the, and the problem uh, which they have with it. And I've taken diclofenic before. Uh, I had no idea that you could buy it over the counter. I know that some people have said they do. And uh, Emma said, I was prescribed it seven years ago to help ease the back pain from a car accident, only took a couple of tablets, and within a short period of time had terrible side effects, flushed face, racing, pounding heart, feeling faint. You see, I don't think that all tablets, Emma, are for, for everybody. Because I've spoken to people before about tablets that I've been on. They've said, oh, I've had terrible side effects. And I've said, well, I've actually been quite lucky. When, when they changed one of my tablets in the, the chemist... He said, you'll know within a, a short space of time, because it's about two days while your body adjusts to it, and, uh, and then you'll know if there's going to be side effects. And, of course, you then panic about the side effects of particular uh, tablets. And they've said for diclofenic, for people in a high-risk group, people who've, you know, got sort of problems with their heart, it may, maybe isn't so good. I mean, I don't think it's particularly good for those people who suffer with acid or heartburn or indigestion, as it could worsen the symptoms. So they're now saying, be careful. But I think there were so many million prescriptions written out last year for it. I mean, I swore by it. When my back went, that was the only thing that made it better. And it, and it, it really probably wasn't the best thing. But then every time you read about tablets, you start thinking, I don't know, is this one any good for me? Is this one any good for me? And how do I work on this one? 84850-stevedlbc.co.uk. The supermarkets who've now called in the police, and this is in all the papers today, after these money-off voucher frauds. Because I get sent vouchers, also, and you probably at home get the same things, where you, you get an email... And, uh, and they'll say, oh, you know, there's this voucher here, two for the price of one at so-and-so, so-and-so. And because people are copying them on computers, they go in, the shops give the discount in good faith or whatever it happens to be, and the, uh, the companies uh, whose, whose goods are being sold cheaper go, whoa, wait a minute, one particular company, supermarket fraud apparently, costs £300,000 a year. One woman was cautioned last week after repeatedly using a token at Sainsbury's in Wrexham in North Wales and saving £150. Another fraud involved a couple who kept reusing a Tesco voucher in Cambridge, getting more than £1,000 worth of groceries for nothing. 
Because they, they, they will catch these people. These people were given a, a one-year community order in order to pay £250 compensation, which seems a bit stupid as they've been getting £1,000 worth of uh, vegetables and fruit and stuff like that. So just be careful, because uh, some of these things that you think are genuine turn out not to be genuine. Uh, David Croft, I'm, I'm glad he makes all the papers, actually. I really am very glad, because he was a legend in the 70s. I mean, five of his shows in the top 50 of the 100 best sitcoms of all time. One thing we do do well, I think, over and above the Americans, is sitcoms. I think we do sitcoms fantastically well. And, uh, and I don't think anybody ever did. I miss some of them. I do miss the Aloha Lows, and I've got all the, the sets. I've got the Dad's Army. I didn't like the really early Dad's Army. But uh, I did like the, uh, the later ones, because I think it finished in about 1977. Are you being served? How they got away with the rudeness, I'll never know. And David Croft was actually telling me that originally the John Inman character, they weren't very keen on at the BBC. They thought it was a little bit too... Ca- they allowed Mrs Slocum and her problems with her cat. But um, I'm afraid uh, some of the other things... If you watch them back now, the Heidi High... Some of them are so rude. Unbelievable. Uh, sorry, and are you being served? In the Heidi High, it was just so many great characters. Every single one. I think Felix Boness have been around for a long time, and they actually liked... They liked working with him. So if they liked people and they liked the characters, they moved them into other other sitcoms. Uh, from today, cigarette vending machines in pubs, clubs and restaurants will be banned. Members of staff can sell tobacco after carrying out age checks, but anybody allowing the use of a machine could be fined up to 2,500 people. Because that's what you look for now, isn't it? You go out to a place and, you know, I remember going to a Bernie Inn and a Harvester years and years ago. Not recently, of course. And um, and you'd go in there, and the first thing you'd see in the foyer would be would be the fag machine. And she'd go out there, and it would do a packet of fags for like two pound fifty. Now apparently they're about six pounds, and nobody carries that much change. Very nice, nice little. Looks like you're decorating a cake. I'm very impressed by that, Edward. Thank you. I don't know what you're doing. It's like it's like a blue Peter model he's making in here. You're just wiring my knob up there, are you? It's lovely. And uh, so vending machines out from uh, from Saturday. An NHS spokesman said it'll make it more difficult for underage smokers in the future. Sorry. Can't help it. Well, there's no good walking out saying nothing. People think I'm talking to myself. I am. Thank you. All right. So I don't think it will stop underage smoking. I'll tell you for why. There's all the little shops around everywhere. No, I don't think very... Re- Do they ask for, for people's age? Unless you look at somebody, because they, they, they've done it before where they've sent kids out who do look particularly young, and they've, and they, they've sort of checked whether or not they, they can actually buy cigarettes. I think if you want cigarettes... I've, I mean, how many times, I don't know, have you actually been into a shop and there's been some kids outside and they go, excuse me, mister, can you buy me some cigarettes? And I always go, no. I have to, I have to say no because I just don't, don't think you should be buying cigarettes for kids. But if they want to get hold of them, they do get hold of them. Bus stop every morning. There's, there's kids smoking cigarettes. There's no point in telling them because I smoked and it just makes you look a bit mealy-mouthed, doesn't it? I smoke. You shouldn't smoke. You shouldn't do this. shouldn't drink. Because they're going to do it because they're kids and because, because they just do things like that. Uh, front page of the Express. I like the idea of free wagon wheels, even though they are a little bit uh, smaller. And uh, the new Metropolitan Police Commissioner has now sparked fresh doubt over the future of one of Scotland Yard's most elite squads. This is Bernard Hogan Howe, of course, uh, featured with Nick Ferrari only just a short while ago. And Giles Brandreth is giving of his Lady Bracknell. The lovely Giles uh, is dressing up in... uh, He says, it's not drag. He said, not pantomime. I'm being engaged to play Lady Bracknell. This will not be a caricature. And to be honest with you, he's got one of those good faces... He's going to be a very, very good Lady Bracknell. He's based it on the style of Queen Mary and his wife has help. 
His wife has helped him with the, with the caricature. He'll do very well, actually, very, very well, in a new musical version of Oscar Wilde's Importance of Being Earnest. Well, it's certainly been adventurous this morning, hasn't it? Good Lord. I mean, I don't think we can say that we've not actually got exercise doing this programme. We've rushed backwards and forwards from different things, different chairs. Adrian's now put sticky tape over my knob in the studio. And the whole thing is all looking a little bit wonderful. So I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. Do please go to the LBC website. Apart from telling all your friends about 97.3, you can download the podcast and read the blog and you can look at the pictures and you can uh, laugh and go to bed happy in the fact that there's always somebody on the radio who's less attractive than you are. I'll back with you tomorrow morning. Have yourself a very, very nice day. It's going to be very hot. Nick and the team with you after seven. First of all, the business update now with Holly Ford. Thanks, Steve.